Turn to Proverbs chapter 1. And uh, we're going to start this morning. So our um, theme this year has been free. And just lately I felt um, to speak on being financially free because it is a big part of um, being free in life is having that stability in your life, in your finances. So um, as I wanted to, to share this last week, Proverbs chapter 1 verses 2 to 7 says this. This is the purpose of the Proverbs. Uh, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help, um, to help them do what is right, just and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables, the words of, uh, the, words of the wise and their riddles, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So <clears throat> we could preach on all that this morning, but I just want to encourage you today Get yourself acquainted with the book of Proverbs with your life. So that means have a Bible that, that you understand. No good having a Bible that is in a language that was written for 400 years ago. Have one that you can understand today and read your Proverbs and say, God, help me to apply these things in my life. And uh, one of the things I've, I've really discovered is that the, the Word of God, when we get to understand it, can totally transform our life experience and it's going to make your life better. So we would all do well by learning and understanding what the Bible says about managing our finance and also about uh, generally about our life. So we don't have to go through life blind, don't have to go through life wondering, well, I wonder how I should live, I wonder how I should behave, should I have done this or that? Because you can live when you're saying, God, um, prepare me each morning or each evening with your word so that I know how to live. That's what we want to do and that hopefully that's what you want to do too so <clears throat> if you haven't been in church before or not for a long time i'm going to be talking about finance and money this morning and no it's not what we always talk about and some people have that thing well church is all about money no it's not it's all about people and it's all about life and it's all about applying principles from god into our everyday life which if you haven't realized money is part of that Sorry to disappoint you, it is. We can't avoid it. So you might think you love football, but they don't let you in the gate unless you pay. But I love footy so much. I should be able to come and watch any game I want, anytime I want, anywhere I want, because I have such a love for football. You know what they say? You can't get in unless you pay the money. Just how it is. And when it comes to living and being a Christian and a believer, we have to discover how to manage and how to operate spiritually with our money with our finances so that's why we do it and i just want to reiterate it's not what we always speak about if you're listening to this on a podcast and you've listened to the last two yes that's all you would have heard <laughs> keep listening because we're going to change the subject soon <clears throat> but jesus spoke a lot about money i would never really even thought about it but but i just i'll just uh ask you to to think yourselves about the stories that Jesus spoke about, the, the, the lessons that he gave his disciples, and almost every single one relates somehow back to our money. 
because Jesus understood that we value things in life and sometimes we value that more than anything else, above anything else. So Jesus talked a lot about that subject. So uh, he talk, he, he talk, Jesus talked a lot about money and the Bible has a lot to say about money. And so I think it's good for us to apply the principles from the Bible that make our life better and apply what the Bible says to our finances. So who's ready? It's a big introduction. So here's something that Jesus said about money. Anyone who isn't with me, is not, you know, you might think that, that there's no money mentioned there, but he said, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And we find that in two scriptures. It's found in Matthew 12 and in Luke chapter 11. The same thing, word for word. So I'm going to give you some quotes before we move on because this is a, a really important scripture we need to understand with what we're looking at this morning. So <clears throat> here's some quotes from the great little uh, Bible study resource, Every Day with Jesus, which I, I really love. Um, it says, The two heartbeats of life are giving and receiving. You receive from God and you give to others. It's being passive and active. Everything I spend need needlessly on myself prevents some other person's need being met. That's interesting. When I help meet the needs of others through what is surplus to my needs, then I help others physically and myself morally. Interesting little things. When you give, give because... Oh, sorry, I've, I think I've overshot the runway here a little bit. No, I haven't. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm here. I've just got my slides out of whack, so I need to have a new slide person. When you give, give because God has directed you to give. This is another saying from the word every day with Jesus. Not because of an emotional response to an appeal. Giving as an investment in God's kingdom and a return is guaranteed, not necessarily in terms of wealth, but increasing joy and happiness. So we need to get some foundations right. Now, the word for today, which we use as a, as a devotion in our church, says this. Generosity. When you say no to an opportunity to give, you miss out on an opportunity to receive. So today's subject uh, is one of the most criticized elements of modern church, and that is giving to church. It's probably the, the easiest thing for the world to criticize about. So when I've watched TV media stories on certain churches, they usually mention tithing. As, you know, it doesn't matter what the subject's about, what the, what the issue's about that they're reporting on, they'll always bring it back to that one thing, this thing called tithing, which I'll explain what that is if you've never heard that term before. But uh, they, they often uh, describe it as a tax upon church members. And, and I guess the only explanation, if you look up that word and, and try and get, do a, um, a dictionary meaning, it'll, it'll, it will use that word tax. But I think that's misleading and, and incorrect. There's a difference between a tax and tithing. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain exactly what tithing is as we go. So if you've never heard that term, um, that's okay. I'll explain what that means. 
but uh, tax is, a, is involuntary, it's forced, and it's compulsory. <clears throat> so when you have a tax applied to you, you have no choice. It's either this is, a tax means this is what you have to do and that's it. And uh, to, to um, use that term when it comes to our giving to church, I believe is incorrect and misleading and very uh, damaging as well. So tithing, you need to take these notes down, tithing is free uh, with faith and it's got to be inspired from the heart. That doesn't sound like a tax to me, but it's a voluntary thing. So supporting your church financially is a biblical principle that many in church don't understand and some in church don't want to understand. And when we have that kind of a misunderstanding within ourselves as, as believers, then how much more so does that misunderstanding translate to the world who don't understand these concepts? So one of the things as, as I got to church this morning, I was just thinking about, we have to have a bit of a shakedown as a church to some of the things that stick on us that are uh, keeping us bound that we need to be free from. And some of those things are misunderstandings and, and ways of thinking that are contrary to the word of God that will set us free to be blessed and prosperous. So, you know, whatever way you do it, have yourself a shakedown this morning in your spirit and be set free because sometimes we've, we, the church can have just as a warped and misunderstanding about uh, principles from the word of God just as the world has. And we've got saved, but we carried those things in. We've carried suspicions in. We've carried uh, all kinds of things into our church life because of that's what we thought and heard about church before we got saved. So we want to shake those things off and have a shakedown this morning and get those things off of us. <clears throat> so there's three parts to giving that we, that we should have applied in our local church. And they're up on the screen there. Number one, we need first to give toward God. Uh, I've got the scriptures here. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Well, we don't drink wine here, uh, but he'll overflow it. So I don't know what you do with it then. But uh, <coughs> Malachi 3.10 says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he says, try it, put me to the test. There's a challenge from God. The second, the second thing about giving to church, um, it, it's about other Christians, helping one another. We could call that mission or missions projects or something. It's supporting other believers. As a church, um, we give from our finances and we bless other churches. We bless other ministries. We do it all the time. And uh, um, I won't go into all the finer details of that here this morning. But we as a church want to be a giving church and a blessing church and a provision church. And that, uh, that is possible because our church is a great giving church. And we want to continue doing that. And we want to be able to do that more and more and be a, a greater blessing to other people doing the mission of God. So Galatians 6 verse 10 says, Therefore... Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially 
those in the family of faith. And I believe the church has a bad reputation in this country because it's never had money when it should have had. And when, when we are financially blessed as a church, then we can make massive difference to the world we live in. Because there's a lot of gaps that government can't cover. There are a lot of gaps that social uh, welfare agencies just can't cover. And I believe when the church has finance, when the church is managed well, then that should be filling those things. There's, there's, there are so many ministries that just aren't happening, even here in, this, in our church here, because we just don't have the money. <clears throat> and we need, to be, we need to be the church that is rising up and working through those things and releasing finance to the world to make it a better place. The third thing is toward the poor. A few scriptures here I'll read out to you. Luke chapter 3 verse 11. This is John the Baptist speaking. He said to people, if you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Proverbs 14 verse 21 says, blessed are those who help the poor. Proverbs 14 31 says, those who oppress the poor insult their maker but helping the poor honors him so proverbs 19 verse 17 if you help the poor you are lending to the lord and he will repay you that's not only a personal responsibility we have but it's also a corporate responsibility we have as the church to be to be able to offer people hope and support and physical things for their needs you know in in the book of James, it says, no good telling someone who's hungry and cold to say, stay warm and eat well, if you don't provide for them physically. And that's another aim that we have at One Heart Church, is we want to be able to fulfill those things and help people in their needs when they arise. <clears throat> so, I mentioned earlier this little word called tithing. Who's ever heard that? Give me a wave. Christianese, all the Christianese people know it well. But it's something that, that I think turns a lot of people off because we don't have an understanding of what it actually means. It's, and just to, to calm your nerves a little bit, it's only one element of our faith. It's only one element of our discipleship. It's not the be-all and end-all, it's only a part of. So some Christians feel, that, feel like this about tithing. Um, and... So I'll, I'll explain what it is. Who's ready for the explanation? Tithing means to give one-tenth of. <clears throat> so it means that, so when we use that term, it means that we give one-tenth of our income. If you haven't already worked that or if you've never heard it before. So that's what that word means. But some Christians feel that tithing, that giving of 10% of our income is a legalistic thing. It's a legalistic hang-up. It's an old thing from, from the olden days, from from. Uh, from the, the law that God gave to the Jews. Um, and so you'll often hear people say, well, that's law, not grace, and we're living in the grace zone now. Well, tithing, just so we can get some foundations about this, was first mentioned in the Bible preceding the law. Really important that we understand this. So before God gave Moses the law to give the people of Israel, when they were in the desert, escaped from Egypt, they're in the in the wilderness, God, um, before all that happened, God had already instituted this, this idea of giving the best, the first 10, to him. So uh, we find that in Genesis chapter 14. So the, the law of the first mention is very important, as my son Joshua taught me 
after he did Bible college. But Abraham gave a tenth of all the goods that he recovered in a war and he gave it to the priest uh, and set a precedent for us today. Now, tithing is a valid principle for people, for, uh, people today, Christian or not. So, in fact, I was instructed by a finance advisor, uh, probably in my early 20s, uh, to give 10% away, save 10% and live off the rest. I said, what do you mean, give away 10%? He said, well, you know, find a charity, find somewhere that, you know, that you want to support, uh, some kind of um, good-hearted thing, and, and give away 10%. That's what you should do. This was a you know, non-Christian financial manager telling me what I should do. So it's a, it's a principle that was from God that actually people in a financial world understand is important. And there are businesses today who have as part of their business management strategy is that they, they give away 10% of their income to projects and things around the world to help make the world a better place. So... It, was a valid, uh, it, it is a valid biblical principle uh, that is separate from the law of Moses. Now, people say, well, we're, we're, you know, we, we don't want to be under law. And, and I, I can tell you something. I've been in churches for a long, long time, and I've never been in a, in a, a Jewish law church. Never have. Because every church I've been in talks about salvation through faith in Christ. And that's the main thing. So let's not make tithing the main thing. Let's not make um, uh, the music the main thing. Let's not make the lights the main thing or any other thing the main thing. The main thing is salvation is found in Jesus Christ and that people can have their lives turned around, uh, hope put back in, vision put back in, a reason put back in because of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross. That's the main thing. But the peripheral things are, are called what we do with that in our life. That's called discipleship. That's called growing in our faith. And we want to be free in every part of our life. And part of that is knowing how to manage what God has given us. <clears throat> I don't know where I'm at now. But tithing was established by God before the law. This at least 400 years before the law was given. And so... It's interesting to see, hang on, there you are. Tithe was taught to Abraham, a man of faith, not to Moses, a man of law. Say that to yourself four times. The tithe was taught to Abraham, a man of faith, not to Moses, the man of law. So if we're saying, well, we want to, we're, we're, we're people of faith, then you're a person who tithes. Because faith is, a, faith is tithing. Faith is a tithe thing. Tithe is a faith thing. So there's some common things that people say about tithing. One of them is Jesus has delivered us from the law so we don't have to tithe. I've just answered that one. Some Christians feel that God hasn't done a good job of prospering them so they don't tithe. Others say, I can't afford to. Or, or I give in other ways instead. This is what I hear people say. So generous giving, this is what someone said, generous giving acknowledges that everything we have is a gift from God and is to be used for his service. 
Rather than giving a certain amount out of obligation, we should, out of a maturity of spirit and of a happy heart, to support the Lord's work out of what God has given us. So don't make tithing a law. Make it about faith, obedience, and personal integrity before God. Make it about that. Matthew 23, verse 23. Jesus said this, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. They're counting the parsley leaves. We've got 10, we've got to give one to Jesus or give one to God. <clears throat> but you ignore the more important thing, the, the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy and faith. You should tithe. What did Jesus say about this? You answer it, it says it on there. Yes. But do not neglect the more important things. So what Jesus is saying, tithe and be nice. Because there's a bad habit that people have. And that is we think, well, I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to tithe. So I'm really good because I'm, I'm winning God's. I'm counting every herb in my garden. I'm counting every tomato that I'm growing. I'm counting every pumpkin and every dollar that comes in. And I'm tithing exactly right. And therefore, I must be better than everybody else. And that's what these guys were doing. They're tithing. They're doing it all right. And Jesus said, that's good to do that. But there's some other things that are really, really important. That's mercy, faith, uh, and, and law and justice and all those things. They're really, really important. So he's saying, yes, you should tithe. So where they have that question, I say yes. And also be nice to people. Yeah. Don't use it as a... As a uh, opportunity to, I don't know, think that you're better than others. So don't let it be the main thing. It's a part thing. It's a part of the total package that God has for us. As a disciple, if you're not, um, Jesus said, uh, uh, going back again, if you're not for me, you're against me. That includes our finances. And I want to encourage you to work your finance for the kingdom. So when you don't, it works against the kingdom. Tithe yes and have mercy. So the underlying principle there in managing what God gives us, we think of uh, Luke chapter 19, the story where we, we might know it as a, the story of the talents, where it says a king went away, or a ruler went away for, for a time and he gave um, certain amounts of money to different people and says one guy buried it and, and the other guys made it increase, they made it work. When the king came back, he said, what did you do with what I gave you? One said, well, I've, I've made 10 more. And he said, well done, I'll give you in charge of more. Another guy did five times more. He said, well, here's five times more responsibility. Another guy said, well, I know you're a hard... I know you're a hard person. I know you're mean. So I buried it in the ground and here's what you gave me, just that back. And it says that the master was displeased. The master was unhappy and uh, took even what he had off of him. So there's an underlying principle there that we need to manage well what God has given us because God wants to see it increase. Malcolm McGregor, an author, says this. We are stewards. We don't own anything. 
God gives us money to manage. Now we can do anything we want with that money. Get that? We can do anything we want with that money. But let me tell you, one of two things is going to happen with the tithe. It will either be given to God or it will be collected by Satan. There's something to think about. The fantastic, he goes on to say, fantastic things happen when people obey God's promptings to give. He also says this. He, he talks about a three-month commitment. This is in a book that he wrote. He talks about if people will commit to a three-month commitment to try tithing. He says, I'm not saying that if you tithe, you're going to get out of debt at once. As a matter of fact, just the opposite may seem true. You see, if you're not tithing, then Satan has been getting that money and using it for his kingdom. Can you see what I'm trying to bring out, or bring out today? That when we, when we don't have principles of God in effect in our life, we work against what God can do. When Satan sees you giving the tithe where it belongs, he'll be upset and he'll throw everything he can at you. Another thing that, uh, that he says, this uh, Malcolm McGregor says, Satan has no patience and I've never seen him last for three months. So once you start down that track, don't give it a week, don't give it a day, don't give it two weeks. Say, I'm going to commit to this. And you'll have, you know, all sorts of things may come at you, but keep to your commitment and you'll see the hand of God. When you stick to your tithe commitment, God guarantees to bless. The first tenth of your income. You don't have to give it. You don't have to give it to God. That's what I, I don't want us to to make rules and one thing I can absolutely guarantee you no one in this church and if they do then you tell me but no one in this church none of our leaders will ever come to you and say what is your income what what are you tithing let's check up on this we don't we don't do that and to tell you the truth I've never been in in a church ever that has and and I don't know of any church that has ever told me that that's what they do so we're not we're not making this a law thing but we want to teach about this so that you can consider and make your own decisions and make your own valued decisions about what you're going to do. But the first tenth of your income, you don't have to give it to God, but if you don't, it will be devoured by the devil and he'll use it for his purpose. <clears throat> you won't get out of debt sooner or improve your standard of living It comes to being as simple as this. When you tithe in faith, you put yourself where God can bless you. And it's all about faith and the heart. It's all about faith and the heart. It's not about, I need to do this to be religious. I need to do this because it's what the pastor told me I have to do. But if you've never done it before, you're struggling with this. All I can say is, Talk to God about it. And if, and if you're feeling a squirming in your stomach, then, then you need to be saying, well, God, help me to trust you in this. Because I believe it's, it, it, it is a faith thing more than any other component is faith. 
It's trusting God in our giving. Tithing works and it's a critical element in successful Christian money management and successful Christian living. And I believe it is a, it's a launching pad for living financially strong, to be financially free. Now, being financially free, if you listen to some of the other weeks, doesn't mean that we all become millionaires or we all become rich. It's all about living blessed with what we have. That's what we're talking about. Tithing works and it's a critical element to our Christian walk. All I can encourage you today and what I want you to leave with this morning is don't waste your tithe. I remember in, in one church I was on, we used to do a, a mini sermon every time we took up the offering. And, and often I'd, I'd have to do those sermons. So we'd have three sermons. You'd have a sermon before the, each song, have a sermon when you took up the offering, then you have another sermon when the preacher preached, then a sermon afterwards to explain what he just said. <coughs> And I remember thinking, I've, I've run out of sermons for the, for the offering. And I came to church. I knew I was on. I had no idea. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say today. And just before it was my, my time, there was, there was an apple, I think, somewhere. I don't know where the apple came from, but I found an apple. And I, and I think, there's my offering. There's my message. And I took the apple up the front and I said, we, we've got things all upside down in, in, in our lives these days. And what we do is we eat the apple and inside the, what's left is the apple core. And we throw that in the bin after we've consumed the apple. But the actual power of the apple is in the seed that we just threw in the bin. And I had a sudden revelation that in all parts of our life, we're, 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 we're getting the seed and we're wasting the seed that we should be sowing into the house of God, that we should be sowing into the kingdom of God. And you think, well, where should I sow it? Because... Because I know some people get this wrong. They go, yeah, well, I sow. Yeah, they're a Christian. They belong to a church. They've got a church family. But, but they're sowing to, you know, to some person on TV. That, you know, a great ministry. But they're sowing into that. Uh, they're, they're sowing into some missions, endeavors here, there, and everywhere, all around the world. That, there's nothing wrong with that as such. But they're doing their tithe in all these places. And then their local church, you know, can't can't afford to pay the electricity bill. Their local church can't have a youth pastor. Their local church doesn't have resources for the kids' ministry. Their local church doesn't pay their pastor. You know, that's wrong. Because your, your, your tithe belongs in the local house of God where you get fed, where you get nurtured, where you get baptized, where you get taught the word of God, where you get pastoral care from. That's where it belongs. So we need to also have a, a good solid foundation. But, but often we've got our apple core that has the seed in it. We're dropping it in the bin over there. We're, we're throwing it over here. And we're thinking, well, our church is no good. Our church can't have, have the lights on. Our church can't have a heater on. Our church can't do all these things because we've been dropping our apple core in the wrong place. You can do whatever you want with the rest of the apple. That's yours. But you need to be saying, God, I want to put my seed into somewhere that's going to make a difference in this world. And you do that through your local church. Let's finish with just... <clears throat> um, there we go. It's not going to move for me. Can I have one up, please? Build your financial planning on a firm foundation. These are some of the things I've covered in the last two weeks. We've got to recognize God's ownership of what we have. That's a really good start point. Another one is be positive. Claim financial freedom. 
Have a positive attitude towards finance and money. Establish a clear spiritual purpose. Don't just have a goal in life, well, I just want to be rich. We saw that over the last few weeks. Establish a clear spiritual purpose. And another thought is tithe your income. Whether it's a lot or a little, something you should consider. In Matthew 12, verse 30, where we started, anyone who isn't with me, this is what Jesus said, opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So it's good to recognize and work our finances for the kingdom of God's purpose. Because if it's not, it's working against the kingdom of God. I don't know if you've ever, ever thought of this concept before, but when we, when we don't give what is due to God, we're actually giving it to the devil. So beware of what kingdom you're supporting with your money. Why don't we bow our heads? I'm going to pray for you this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray today over the church. Lord, I pray for our vision is to be a large, relevant church, Lord God, of mature believers who love our community. And Lord, I pray that we will grow in our maturity when it comes to subjects that sometimes we don't want to hear about. Sometimes maybe we've had misinformation taught into our spirits. Sometimes we've had our own, our own uh, uh, prejudices that we've brought into the church from before we were saved. And we've kept hold of those things. Lord, I pray for a freedom to come into One Heart Church. I pray for a freedom to come into every family. I pray for a freedom to come into our finances because we understand and are mature when it comes to handling these things unto you, Lord. So I just pray today, may there be a freedom in the church when it comes to finance. May there be a freedom when it comes to how we manage our money. Lord, we don't want to make that the main thing because it's not the main thing. It's just a part of. But Lord, we want to be disciples who learn and grow. And right now, I just want to pray for you. If you've got a struggle financially, I know Jesus wants to meet you in that place. Even, you know, and we're not going to judge people here, but if you have, you know, struggles with this, what I've spoke about this morning, then I just want to pray a breakthrough and a freedom in your life because that can be a blockage that you're thinking, well, why, do, why does everything seem so easy over there? Why does someone else seem to be blessed and I'm not? Because the devil's got you, he's got you locked in to something that, that you should be let out of, that you should be free of. Jesus just said, just obey my word and I'll help you to walk out of that. So if that's you, you don't even have to raise your hand. I want to pray freedom in those areas of your life. You know who, who I'm speaking to right now and the Holy Spirit knows who I'm speaking to right now and he wants to help you. Perhaps in your business, perhaps in your family budget. But I want to tell you, trust him. He can be trusted. So Jesus, I just pray right now over people who have struggled in this area for many, many years, for people who have just not had the freedom, not had that breakthrough. I pray over the next three, four, five months, Lord God, this year, that they'll enter into a new standard of freedom in their life because they have been set free and free indeed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.